Welcome to the Brown Skin Mom Podcast, the number one podcast for brown skin moms to discuss breastfeeding, parenting, lifestyle, and business while answering all of your mommy questions. Join me as we enter the hood, the motherhood. Hey mama loves, April is Child Abuse Awareness Month and for this podcast we are talking child abuse prevention with my old friend Cassandra Austin. Cassandra Austin is from Springfield, Illinois. She has one son, Amari, who is 14 years old and a freshman in high school. Cassandra is engaged to Rowan and will be getting married very soon. She is a speaker, mentor, and the author of Unclothed Memoir of a Naked Soul. Cassandra earned her bachelor's degree in administration of justice with a minor in Black American Studies from Southern Illinois University in 2005. She has spent the last decade working in the criminal justice system, counseling and providing crisis intervention for juvenile and adult offenders. Cassandra is allowing the flow of life to lead her on this journey called life. Welcome her to the podcast, Mamas. All right, we're on air. So, hey, Cassandra, girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, I'm very glad that you said yes to doing the podcast, even though I asked you many, many moons ago. <laughs> and I we haven't honored you asked. Also, let me, let me hit up Cassandra because she's doing big things. She's doing big things. So I've read part of your book. I haven't finished it, but I would love to know what made you want to share, especially probably after as many years as it had been, what made you decide to share your story? I think the main thing for me was that while I was in my healing journey, I felt like I didn't have a blueprint. Mm -hmm. Um, I had heard about people who had been through trauma. Um, I had heard different types of stories, but I didn't find a story that was like mine with everything that I had been through with the, um, the physical abuse, the sexual abuse, the emotional abuse growing up. Mm -hmm. And, um, I felt like if me sharing my story could help someone who went through something similar as I did heal then it was it was for a purpose and it was not in vain. And so right. that was kind of what prompted me to just openly share where I was like, man, other people have been through this. And uh-huh. I wasn't aware that it was a thing to share stories, you know, because uh-huh. during my healing journey, I shut down all my social media and like went into solitude and started healing. So I didn't know people was like transparently sharing their stories. But I was like, man, maybe if I share my story, somebody could like, get help or heals. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what prompted me to do that. Um, so for those who don't know you, cause you know, you and I go back to high school. You know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, share your story for those who don't know you, give them a brief rundown of um, Cassandra Austin. Sure. So by the time I was nine years old, I had been physically sexually, and emotionally abused by family members. My dad was an abusive alcoholic 
and he used to be on my mother. And so I witnessed domestic violence in the household. And then he also beat his beat on me as the oldest sibling of three girls in the household. Um, I was also sexually molested by older cousins on his side of the family. So I experienced a lot of trauma, dysfunction, um, toxicity and chaos growing up. And that's kind of what like shaped and molded my um, childhood experiences and was kind of like my foundation for what love looked like, what self-esteem looked like, whether if it was healthy or unhealthy self-esteem and, and things to that nature. So that's kind of like the foundation of my story. Then it bleeds into a whole lot of other things like mental illness and um, things like that, looking for love in all the wrong places and that whole thing. For those who do not know you, I know that you have a beautiful son who is a teenager, <laughs> right? Yes. Like he is a freshman in high school and he's finishing up his first year. He's mm-hmm. talking, he, he's, he's, he'll be 15 in August. Um, okay. So I was 19 when I got pregnant with him. And now oh, I'm like, my oh my gosh, you're about to be 15 years old. Will I really like, is oh, that my life? <laughs> oh my goodness. I think when you sent me your bio and um, I can't remember I think you had your age, his age in there, but I'm like, I know he's almost grown. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know he only has a few more years before he can say, mom, I'm grown. I got this. I know. So. It's just, I can't believe it. Like just the other day, he was like, mom, I got to start looking at colleges in the next year or two. And I was like, really? Like, that's where we're at in life. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm still oh paying back to the loan debt. For yourself. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, so you have a beautiful son. He's a teenager. So with having your own family, your own child, how did um, your past play into how you brought him up? Oh my goodness. Like everything. It's almost like my childhood was like the blueprint of what not to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I pretty much like the way I navigated through motherhood was like, I follow my intuition, but I also try to do the opposite of what I saw my parents do. And I think that's why I was able to, what I feel like, um, build up and raise this healthy young man. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen, you two have a really good um, open relationship. You guys yes. look like you communicate very well. So um, and I think this is probably going into another question. So how did you nurture that relationship with your son coming up? Um, I was always honest with him, you know, even about my own stuff. If mm-hmm. I messed up, I admitted that I apologized. And I think when you do that with a child, it lets them see the humanness in the parent. Because mm-hmm. I came up in an era where you know, a lot of us did in a black household where what happens in this house stays in this house, sweep everything under the rug, we keep mm-hmm. secrets. And so I realized through a lot of the healing I experienced that it was those same traditions that kind of um, prevented me from opening up to my parents about some trauma I experienced outside of the home. 
Mm-hmm. So I figured if I had a household that had open communication, that was honest and loving, that created space for my son to feel like he always had this place to share, regardless of how bad it may be. Okay. Okay. Um, so with April being um, Child Abuse Awareness Month, um, and I know that uh Again, on Facebook, I I know you posted about having these conversations with your son. Mm -hmm. So um, what advice do you have for mothers with toddlers, with small babies who are starting to explore their bodies and starting to understand that they're separate from their mother or their father? And um, I'm like trying to prop my phone on here. I need a selfie stick. Girl. some little tripod a while back that is too weak to hold my phone girl just be wobbling all over the place i'm like i'll just send this back but um okay to get back into it yes april's um yeah april's child abuse awareness month and um a lot of mothers are kind of wondering how to start talking to their little ones about what they can do to prevent it and um, be aware of things that aren't right when it's presented to them. So what advice do you have for toddler moms that are just starting to have this conversation with their children? I would say definitely um, start the conversation young. I Mm -hmm. remember it, it, it annoyed the hell out of my son growing up, but he, he recognizes now why I would do that. But I would start to teach him about his body. And I would tell him like, if someone touches you there, it's inappropriate. If someone does this, it's inappropriate. And then if he would come home from me, which I I have trust issues with him going to people because of my own trauma, but those who I did allow, I still ask those questions. Like, did anybody touch you anywhere? Did anybody do anything inappropriate? He'd be like, no mom. But (laughs) I think by opening up that communication, it starts to raise awareness on his end to kind of be a little bit more hypervigilant to those things and to realize that um, those things are not okay for people to do that. And it also lets them learn how to have healthy boundaries with their bodies. Okay. <clears throat> so start the conversation early, teach them about their bodies, things yes. like that. Like okay. what's healthy touch. Um, and there's a lot of good material out there with books and stuff. I'm unfortunately I can't think of anything offhand. I should have written some down, but um, you know, with the internet these days, I mean you can find anything about healthy touch and and teaching mm-hmm. kids about what healthy touch is. Okay. Yeah. I know um something I listened to <clears throat> earlier in the week, um, another short parenting podcast they talked about um teaching their children that they are the boss of their bodies so Mm. that um they don't have to do anything they don't want to do because you know a lot of times Mm. in family gatherings it's like give uncle so-and-so a hug or give auntie so-and-so a kiss and sometimes the kids don't want to yes so what would you what would you say that looks like teaching your child that they are the boss of their bodies? How would you say that um, is something that could be taught? I believe that we all have, I call it our internal guidance system. 
we know when something does not feel right. When I was younger and I experienced that sexual abuse, something inside of me, regardless of how young I was, knew something wasn't right before it even started. I felt something wasn't right. And so just teaching your children the power of following that feeling, you know, if you don't feel comfortable hugging Uncle Joe, then don't do it. And the parents should not force their kids to do something they don't want to do when it comes to things like that, because what it does is it starts to take away their power and mm-hmm. they have to relearn as adults what does healthy boundaries look like, which is what I'm doing. And it's harder to learn it as an adult because now are we not only relearning, we're unlearning some things. So it's better to establish that earlier on mm-hmm. by just teaching them the fundamentals of what is your intuition? What is going on inside of you? How do you feel around certain people? Do you feel safer around this person? Do you not feel so safe around this person? And give them the freedom to explore that and follow it and not Mm -hmm. condemn them for doing that. Okay. Yeah, that's um, a great, great, uh, great advice because um, a lot of times, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Stacey Patton, but she wrote an article a while back called uh, Stop Beating Black Kids. And one mm-hmm. of her, um, she has little parenting comic, she has a parenting comic strip on her website. And one of them was about teaching children that they are the boss of their bodies and um, that they don't have to engage in any kind of physical contact with whoever if they don't want to and how Mm -hmm. sometimes old school um, parents can see that as disrespectful and things like that. Um, So what you said falls right in line with that, which is teaching them that this is something that they have to uh, own because um, especially us parents, if we um, don't back them up, then they grow up to second guess themselves. Yeah. And I feel like that's why we see this phenomenon of people seeking external validation because Mm -hmm. they never learn how to be validated from within. And that Mm -hmm. is something we can teach our children at a young age. And you don't have to worry about them being our age, you know, mid thirties, learning how to find validation from within. We, mm-hmm. Imagine if we all raised our kids like that to seek their own validation, what kind of world we would live in. It would be powerful. It would be powerful. <laughs> so, and I think we touched on this. What are some tips that you can give to mothers and, and fathers? You may have some fathers listening, yes. listening in. So what are some tips that you can give um, about keeping the Uh, dialogue open when it comes to children and their bodies? Um, Being comfortable, being uncomfortable. That's like the first Mm -hmm. thing that came to mind. You know, I know it can be uncomfortable at times because it's a a parent-child conversation, but it has to be had. We have to get over this whole, somebody else has to teach my child about this. It should Mm -hmm. come from home first. Um, because if you teach it in the home first, then you're establishing that safe space, like I said before, where they can come and share when something hopefully, God forbid, doesn't happen, but just creating that safe place for them to know I have a place to share if something happened or potentially could have happened. And, um, you know, just that's the, I would say that's the basics, like keeping it starting it at home, starting mm-hmm. it at that conversation at home, not depending on other people to teach your children things that could be taught at home. 
Okay. <clears throat> so, of course, going back to um, you as a mother, and I'm sure you have examples, as your son got older, um, did the talks about what is inappropriate and, and what's not inappropriate change as he got older? Um, and what are some um, tips, if you have any, for parents who have older kids who um, are starting to understand more than, you know, a two or a three-year-old? Sure. Um, it definitely evolved over time. It started with as a toddler, you know, teaching him about his body and then the difference between a male and a female body and then what's healthy touch, what's appropriate touch, what's inappropriate touch, you know, setting boundaries. And then as he's gone into puberty, it evolved from, you know, are there any girls trying to kiss you at school or, you know, just because girls are very aggressive. <laughs> and I, I was like, whoa, I don't know if we were like that growing up. <laughs> wow, girl, it's 2018. It's not the 90s no more. I know, my like, man, they like going for the kill. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, so, you know, oh. now I've had to talk to him about safe sex and mm -hmm. not being scared to have that conversation because I cannot be, that's how I was a 19-year-old pregnant mm -hmm. mom because no one talked to me about safe sex you know mm -hmm. and so talk, having those conversations with him like if you are you know getting there or a girl's trying to get you there please have practice protection use protection you mm -hmm. know so it's it's definitely evolved into a whole different conversation but just continuing that like I said keeping mm -hmm. that line of communication open even if it's uncomfortable for myself mm -hmm. okay and um, I would say some tips is for the parent, like share your mistakes with yes, your kid. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, all the way down from, it took me almost 20 years to share that I was sexually molested, you know? Mm -hmm. So I share that with my son. Like, don't, if some, somebody does something, don't wait 20 years to say something. Say something right. immediately. You know, right. I postponed my healing by 20 years. Mm -hmm. Or... You know, if you're interested in sex because you notice your body's changing, you're having these feelings in your body, talk about it to someone. If it's not me, talk about it with your dad or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my your future stepdad or whomever mm -hmm. it may be. So mm -hmm. I think for me, the big thing was the lessons I learned instilling that into him. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> when you shared those things with your son, um, did that kind of make him it did it allow him to share more with you or was it kind of like a whoa moment because i think a lot of <laughs> parents who have gone through that would kind of be like share what no no i'm just going to tell them this is what they need to do yes and that's that um i would say both now okay. it's turned into a woe moment because he's about to be 15. Like the old folks say, he's smelling himself. So <laughs> he don't, he don't want to tell me nothing. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, growing up though, as he's grown up, it, I think he's learned to respect what I've said. He does listen to it. Um, and we'll have a dialogue about it. But now I think if he was interested in a girl, he's going to talk to his dad before he talks to me. But I'm okay with that because okay. I've, I've, I've taught him to talk to somebody, even if it's not right. me. So right. he'll okay. talk to his dad, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> right. As long as he's talking to somebody and yes. not it in. Okay. Yes. 
So what are some signs that parents should look for um, if they are uh, wondering if their child is being abused or not, you know, not sure what are some signs that they can um, look for to kind of put them uh, on alert and get the conversation going? The signs I would give are just kind of what I experienced growing up. Um, I went through periods of isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, like friends even talk about, they were like, in the winter months, you were like, no one saw or heard from you. You kind of just shut down. So that was the depression kicking in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went through moments of promiscuity and looking for love in all the wrong places and, and boy crazy, you know? So when, how do old folks say, oh, she's being fast. That's a clear sign. Like when I hear people say that, I challenge them to look deeper than that. Like when they say, mm-hmm. oh, that girl's just being fast. The first question I ask is, has she ever been touched? Has she ever been sexually assaulted? Because nine times out of 10, when a girl is out of an age range, doing certain behaviors and engaging certain behaviors, it, it means that something has happened to her and she's acting out from that. Okay. Um, it could be the same thing for a male. Um, you know, a shutting down is another sign. Um, anger, outbursts, those mm-hmm. are other signs that maybe mm-hmm. something has happened. It could be on other either end of the spectrum. It could be a complete shutdown. It can be a complete behavior change and they're acting out and they're enraged and they're angry. So just anything that seems to be a sudden shift in their behavior and their personality, mm-hmm. I would pay attention to that. Okay. Okay. Excuse me. Um, Okay, so where can we connect with you, Miss Cassandra Austin, if people want to follow you on (laughs) Instagram or Facebook or reach out? um, Where can they buy your book? All of that. I have a website, www.cassandraaustin.com, and it's C A S A a C and one people for the spelling um, on there. They can see different blog posts I've written uh, and then links to my book, which is on amazon.com, uh, barnesandnoble.com. And then there's a link on my website for other purchasing options. And then I believe I'm on every social media platform there is, I think, because I keep okay. creating new ones. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm on um, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all that stuff. So, okay. Okay. So <clears throat> how can we find you on Instagram? Cause I get, I have a lot of people on Instagram um, and Twitter. So is it like at Cassandra Austin? Or- mm-hmm. It's my name. Yeah. Okay. Um, so before we close out and shut down the podcast, is there anything that you want to, um, share any advice that we didn't touch on that you want to give parents out there? Um, I would say something that I've reflected on in my journey from my parents' perspective, um, which allowed me to heal was looking at it from their end and the stress, um, growing up in poverty and things like that. And I would just say as parents, just take time out for yourself, even if it's 30 minutes extra in the morning, something to pour back into yourself. Because what I found is not only from my personal experience, but what I've observed from others is when we 
continue to try to pour from an empty cup, that's how we create toxic situations. And so just pouring back into yourselves in whatever form that may be as parents, I think would really help to cultivate healthier interactions between the, the parent and the child. Okay. Awesome. Cause we are all about self-care at yes. the Brown Skin Mom. We're like get your <laughs> bath in, wake up, work out early if you need to. We all fall short, but we all try to find it in some way. Yes. Um, <clears throat> there was something else that came to mind that I wanted to touch on. Oh, before we close, Cassandra, you yes. might have to come back and be our resident teenage mom on the podcast, girl, because <laughs> <laughs> you got a grown man over there. So <laughs> I noticed you've gone through all, all the ranges. So yes, I have to, to, I'm just, I'm grateful, but I'm just, I cannot believe it. I just, yeah. I'm I, like, I raised a human being. Like yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> And he's off doing his own thing. And oh my goodness. He is. Oh, I'm so, so proud yeah. of him. And I'm so I'm so grateful and blessed. I am because I I really feel like um I broke the curse with myself. So I'm grateful. I can see that. I can see that because you are very transparent. And like I said from your Facebook post, you are very transparent with him, which I know um will help him and anybody who comes from him, he will repeat what you have taught him and not what has been taught to you. So that's awesome and amazing. Um, so yeah, you going to have to be the brown skin mom, resident teenage <laughs> mom girl. <laughs> that's all right. We're going to be like, my, my teenager's learning how to drive. We brought Cassandra Austin back. How do you handle that? <laughs> I appreciate you having me. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm grateful for it. Oh, girl, I'm so glad that you um, were excited to do it and wanted to do it. And even with all of our scheduling changes, we finally got together and made it happen. So thank you yeah. so, so much, because I appreciate. All right. Well, awesome. I think um, I think that is it. Any last words? You know what I did on my last interview with the doulas? And I know your son is 15 years old, so well, almost 15 years old. Um, but. A, a thing that I did kind of like a little fun closing thing was um, shit. They didn't tell me about being pregnant or shit. They didn't tell me about motherhood. You could choose either or. So what is something that was just like, you know, how come nobody told me about this that you've experienced? Um, shit. They didn't tell me about motherhood that you won't have to find yourself again. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went through like, who the hell am I? <laughs> I'm there now, like in the fog. Like, yes. what? Okay, that's a good one. Yes. That's a good one. That you'll have to find yourself again. That is an mm -hmm. awesome one. Okay, well, thank you again, Cassandra Austin. I you have just listened to the Brown Skin Mom podcast. Thank you for listening. Peace, mamas. Thank you.